Welcome to the Church Solutions Podcast, brought to you by JSL Solutions. The Church Solutions Podcast is designed to help equip you and your church in the use of technology and other tools and services. And now, here are your hosts, Steve Lacey and Phil Thompson. And welcome again to another edition of the Church Solutions Podcast. Hi, my name is Steve Lacey. And I'm Phil Thompson. We come to you every week. We are a company called JSL Solutions, and we are, uh, I guess we, we're a tech company. Is that a good estimate? Sure. And we help churches use technology to uh, fulfill their purposes. We do streaming video with streamingchurch.tv. We have mobile apps. We've got church management systems and... We have a new thing, uh, greeter.church. Greeter.church. So look it up. But uh, enough about us. Uh, we like to do these podcasts, and we help. We like to help enable leaders and volunteers and, and churches and all that. So today we have a special guest, and uh, his name is Jonathan Malm. And Jonathan is uh, uh, what he would describe himself as a creative entrepreneur and a writer. He's actually the author of a book called uh, Created, Created for More, which is a 30-day devotional, which is kind of designed to help you and I become a little more creative, get a more creative mind. And he's also written the book Unwelcomed, 50 Ways to Leave Your Lover. No, wait a minute. That's not right. 50 <laughs> Ways church, <laughs> Churches Drive Away First-Time Visitors. So Unwelcomed, 50 Ways church, Churches Drive Away first-time visitors. That's what we're really going to talk to him about today, although we're going to probably get off on a couple of little things here. He's got several things going on. So first of all, uh, Jonathan, thank you so much for uh, being our guest today. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Well, we're glad to have you, and you've been a friend of ours for a long time now. And uh, uh, yeah. you've, got, you've got several websites out there. And before we talk about Unwelcomed, which is a book uh, people can get on uh, several places, Amazon. We'll talk a little bit about that in a moment. Uh, you've got several websites, but I'd like to just have you quickly mention one of them uh, called churchstagedesignideas.com. So it's all one word, churchstagedesignideas.com. Tell us just briefly, what is that? Yeah, it's, um, it's obviously a little bit cryptic, what we do there. Uh, you probably can't surmise what it is based on the, based on the domain name, but... No, we, uh, I mean, literally, we offer church stage design ideas. Um, basically, churches from around the world, really, uh, will post up DIY information, you know, materials, uh, just the way they approached it, pictures on how they do their stage design. So churches who are kind of interested in sort of updating the platform or their stage or, you know, kind of creating an atmosphere during worship can go on there and just get free ideas and um, free resources for updating the stage. Uh, I've been running that for maybe six years now, and uh, just, I mean, really churches around the world post up their stuff, and a lot of the stage designs don't really require a lot of money. I mean, a lot of the stages can be done for under $200, so yeah. it's a really cool resource for churches. Yeah, and, and they include not only the pictures and stuff, but they give you the how-to, and uh, this is how mm -hmm. we put together this thing. Yeah, I've checked out several of them. So tell me, how did this get started? Yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, I was working at a church as a creative director. And at that time, we, we were in a building that was like built in the you know, 60s or something. And uh, our church was 50 years old, uh, had a very certain aesthetic inside, but that didn't really match who we were anymore. And I didn't know stage design was a thing, uh, but I just kind of, had this idea in my head to do something on the stage, and we did it. I posted it on my personal blog, and 
I found that people were consistently finding my site uh, searching for stage design ideas. So I'm like, okay, there's obviously maybe I'm not the only person in this in this space, and maybe there's no there are no resources out there. So maybe I should be the one to create resources. So I started kind of doing some public research, uh, pulling in the people that I did know who were doing stage design, and reaching out to others, and sort of created the resource and had no idea uh, how many churches actually did this around the U.S. and around the world, but it's, it's a lot. Hmm. That's, that's amazing. So churchstagedesignideas.com. You've actually got other websites. So what I'll probably do here is I'll post some notes. Uh, I've, got, I've had several people after me uh, to post notes from our podcast, and uh, I've been lazy and haven't done it. But I'm going to start with you. So <laughs> I'll, I'll make sure that there's some notes here because you have multiple websites here. You do writing. You write books. You do e-books. You speak. You're a consultant. Uh, and so uh, we'll get to some of that. So what we want to talk about today very quickly here is the book Unwelcomed, 50 Ways Churches Drive Away First-Time Visitors. This is a subject that I'm very passionate about. I, I think, and we've talked about this before on the Church Solutions podcast, how to make good first impressions and all that. I think I was I was uh, injured or abused or something my first time I ever walked into church. So that's maybe why. But this book is, is pretty interesting, and you talk about... Uh, a lot of things that we've talked about with first impressions, uh, but you also talk about worship, uh, programming, communication, the big picture, all that good stuff. So uh, there's lots of things to talk about. We're not going to cover all 50 of them today. But I'd like to ask you first off, uh, in, in, the, in your book, you have under first impressions, the locked door. Uh, can you tell, mm-hmm. them, tell us a little bit about what that means when you say the locked door? What's that chapter about? Yeah, so I mean, when I was working at a church, we had, I mean, it was, it was a church built in the 60s again, and there were entrances everywhere. Uh, we had previously had a school, we had previously, you know, had a massive staff, and and it got to the point where um, we, we just didn't have that stuff anymore, we just had the church service on Sunday mornings. But we had all these extra entrances to the church, and we would lock the doors that we didn't want people to use to enter. Uh, unfortunately... People are going to use the doors that they think they can use, right? Like they're going to try to get into your church, however, whatever door's closest to them, right? So consequently, we'd have people who are, you know, pulling on doors and they were locked, and they'd have to go to the next door, and that would be locked. That creates a very hostile environment for a first-time guest. I mean, you've, you've experienced this when you go to a restaurant, and you're, you're like, you pull the door, and it doesn't open, and you pull it a little bit harder, it doesn't open, and then. Through the glass door, everyone in the restaurant's looking at you, and you look like a complete fool, and you feel like a complete <laughs> fool, and uh, you kind of just want to walk away, but um, then you look even worse. Yeah. You go in, and you just kind of feel bad. I, and, I, man, that's a, that's a bad first impression. I can definitely sympathize. I was just at a new restaurant just last weekend, and we had that same experience. We didn't go as far as pulling on the door. My wife was much more observant than me. We're like, well, how do we get into this place? And there was a door right in front of us, but she goes, oh, there's a table right up against that door, so that's not the door. We have to walk around the corner to find the door to the restaurant. Uh, so I'm finally, I, I got a little ahead of myself, but you wrote this book, Unwelcomed. What, what prompted you to write the book? Um, well, man, it's a little, little embarrassing, but I, I visited a church uh, uh, with some family, and it was for like, a Christmas experience. And in the first like five minutes, I identified... 10 things that made me like run up, want to bolt for the door. I was like, this is, and you know, I mean, again, I grew up in the church. I'm a pastor's kid. Like I get how the church works. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was like, man, there are 10 things here already that have made me want to leave. And so I just kind of, you know, as a 
you know, I don't know, an exercise to myself. I grabbed my notebook and just started writing down those 10 things. I'm like, this is some stuff churches need to know about. And as I was thinking about it, I'm like, man, for my time working at a church, from uh, experience visiting other churches, I bet I could probably come up with 50 of these. So I, it was almost like a, a challenge to myself, like 50 things I've seen churches do that make me, you know, kind of want to leave, right? Uh, but then I realized, okay, this is, this is a very negative approach to it. So as I was writing the book, I realized, you know, okay, so we start with a negative, but how do we take this to the positive? How do we make this negative experience replace that with an amazing experience? And that's really what the focus of the book is. Uh, you know, I don't want to just fast on churches because I love churches. I volunteer at my church. They do this stuff really well. Um, and they, you know, every now and then things that I'll like, hey guys, maybe we should change things up a little bit. But, you know, we, the church is one of the most important entities in the world for advancing uh, God's kingdom. So, um, you know, why don't we get this stuff right, right? Yeah. So that was kind of my goal in it, is just trying to help churches be amazing at this. Yeah, absolutely. So it's not a book, just it's not a critical book in the sense of, you know, ripping no. everybody down, but it's actually giving you positive uh, solutions to some of these things. Uh, so I got exactly. another question from your list of first impressions here from your, from your uh, chapter, the pastor's dress code. Now I'm I've been in pastoral ministry myself for uh, well over 30 years, so this one this one uh, sparks my attention here. And I'm not the best dresser in the world. Steve can attest to that. Yeah. Uh, of course, I live in Tucson, so uh, you know, uh, pants are man pants are not mandatory in Tucson. You can wear shorts and stuff. But anyhow, so the pastor's dress code that that's one that that sparked my attention. What's that all about? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's a tough balance there because. You know, as a pastor, you want to reach the next generation. Um, and we, we did this with my dad, who was the pastor at the time at a church that I was working in. Um, we tried to get him to dress really young and really <laughs> hip. And uh, he's, he's not a young, hip dude. I mean, he's one of the coolest guys I know, but he's not, like, hip as far as fashion. So, uh, you know, he felt uncomfortable. We were trying to get him to be something he wasn't. So uh, that came across to our audience. To our, to our congregation that like, you know, if we're, if we're trying to be someone you're not, mm-hmm. that comes across as phony. Yeah. At the same time, you know, you need to be able to have a relaxed uh, environment, relaxed atmosphere. So the, 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 the balance of being yourself while also not being too stodgy. I think a lot of times, you know, previously the church, you know, you wear your nicest suit, you, you dress up really well. And kind of the culture in which we live, uh, anyone who approaches me with a, a suit I feel like they're trying to sell me something, right? right? Like previously that was a sign they had, you know, authority or knowledge that I didn't have. But now it started becoming become this thing where like, man, they're probably wanting to sell me something and I'm not willing, I put up my guard whenever I see someone with a suit. So I'm a big fan of going a little more casual, uh, but of course at the same time, just, you know, being who you are, being relaxed, being, you know, don't be someone you're not. Don't try to have the coolest, you know, haircut yes. if you're a 60-year-old man. I mean, Ed Young pulls it off, like Ed Young Jr., that guy is hip, man. But that's who he is. Uh, for a lot of pastors, they're not necessarily um, going to be able to feel comfortable in that. So it's, be comfortable with what you wear. It's interesting. You mentioned. I mean, Phil brought this one up as well. We were. I had experience with the, the creator that church thing, and the the person was commenting about that they'd gone to the service over the weekend, and the, their only feedback was that one of the pastors was really trying to look really cool. And it was not working for them. You know, this was a younger yeah. person, and they said, you know, while that hat may, you know, look really good on a 
21-year-old. It didn't work <laughs> on the 55-year-old guy. <laughs> yeah. She felt, well, and the, yeah. She felt that they yeah, were trying that, to be someone they weren't. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, a pastor is going to typically reach the type of person that he is, right, or he or she is. Um, you know, the, the personality of the pastor is going to be reflected in the personality of the congregation because that's who they draw, right? That's just the right. normal thing. Like, I draw people who are like me. So if the pastor's trying to reach a younger generation, he's probably trying to reach someone he doesn't naturally reach. So it, it, it's almost like a disconnect of who I'm going to reach and who I'm trying to reach, and you're kind of making none of them happy. All right. So, uh, Phil, you were picking some off your list here. I mean, we, as we have, you've got 50 of them. We've got 50 we'll, we'll, of them. We'll let Jonathan pick a couple, but I, I have one, too, that I go, can yeah, relate to. Yeah, go ahead, to, Steve. Absolutely. Is uh, you have a, a chapter or a section on the two welcome. Mm-hmm. And w- what is the two welcome about? Yeah, you know, uh, I mean, I, I guess I kind of think of it as like a as like a cult a little bit, like, if you've ever, you know, you probably never had experience with a cult, but you've met someone, you're like, Actually, I'm oh, in, I've boy, been in several cults. <laughs> I'm in one right now, but go ahead. Sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, yeah, we're, but you, you feel like, man, this person is, they're, like, they're, they're really happy I'm here. Like, like, a little too happy that I'm here. Um, you know, or, <laughs> and, and we kind of unintentionally do that whenever we have, you know, let's say we have, like, 50 people, you know, one person at the at the front of the at the front of the church who hugs us as we come in. Man, as an American, I have a personal space bubble. Like I need personal space. And if I don't know you, I feel weird hugging you. And I get it, I'm a Christian. <laughs> I, I know that we love hugging and stuff, but whenever I'm first coming to a church, I, I kinda like to have a little distance, have a little safety net, right? Have a little safety bubble. And uh when someone hugs me, they pop that bubble. And then when someone inside uh, shakes my hand and then hugs me again, that pops my bubble. So it's like mm-hmm. all of these things we can do to kind of become too welcoming, like come on a little too strong. Uh, it's the same thing, you know, whenever you, you know, you go on a first date with someone, you don't immediately pop the question when you go on the first date, right? Mm-hmm. Like, hey, man, you're a beautiful girl. Would you marry me? <laughs> like, whoa, we're just having our first dinner here. Like, I think a lot of churches do that. Like, we, we, we want people so much that we come on a little strong. Yeah, I waited the second date. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That, that, that's wise. Exactly, yeah. Well, that's good. I, I could tell you some stories about this, too, but I won't uh, when it comes to the two welcome. Yeah, yeah we've, I've got I some. Think, I, think that's why, I think that's why it resonates so much is everyone has experienced these in some form. Like, you're like, oh, yeah, like maybe not exactly, because I usually tell my story, uh, uh, but everyone else is like, yeah, I, I, I've, I've, I've been there. <laughs> Uh, let me ask you this, in your book, and we're talking to Jonathan Mom here, and he's got the book Unwelcomed, 50 Ways Churches Drive Away, First-Time Visitors. So in the area of, uh, of programming uh, in the book, you've got the tardy guest. What is the tardy mm-hmm. guest all about? Yeah, you know, um, for a while I went to a church, uh, a small church in a small town in Texas, and uh, one day there was a guest speaker. He was, you know, they had like a teaching team uh, among the church and he was one of the teaching team. And his whole message was about how when people show up late, it ruins worship for him. Uh, So his whole, his whole 50 minute message was basically making everyone who shows up late feel bad about themselves. Um, And, you know, regardless of how you feel about that, that's a lot of times what we do whenever people come in late. We, we kind of make them feel bad. Like we, uh, 
we, you know, we, we, you know, give them bad seating or we, we, you know, we say, Hey, why don't you show up on time? Or, uh, certain things like that where we, we try to get people to come on time and it's just not going to happen ultimately. Like people are going to show up when they show up, uh, and no amount of emotional manipulation or making people feel guilty will ever fix that. Because here's the thing is you have, you know, you have traffic, you have kids who can't find their shoes, you have, uh, you know, Einstein bagels taking longer than it normally takes on a Sunday morning. Like all these things that like you have the best intentions of getting there on time. Uh, and it just doesn't happen sometimes. Like it happens to me too. I get, I get there late too. So, um, just the idea of, you know, not making people feel guilty for something like that. Um, there's no need to, there's, you know, we already live in a very discouraging world where people already feel, you know, riddled with guilt and riddled with undue pressure. And, uh, why would we want to start off our services that same way? You know? Yeah, absolutely. I, I used to work with a church many, many years ago and we would wait for people to show up. And so the service mm-hmm. would start at 10. And so, you know, we'd wait till five after the start and then people would come later and later. So it was 10 after we would start and then 15 and five, it was like 25 after 10, we, you know, before we started. <laughs> and I said, we've, I wasn't a senior pastor, but I said, we've got to, we've got to just start on time and not worry about these yeah. people coming late. Cause the later we would wait for them, the later they would get. <laughs> well, you punish, you punish the people who show up on time whenever exactly. you start late yeah. like that. Yeah. So just, just do what you do. Put your best stuff at, at the beginning to, to thank the people who showed up on time. Uh, you know, deliver your very best. And if it's, if it's amazing stuff, people will make an effort. But some people, that's not a priority for them. And, right. you know, you can't try to force people's priorities. Yeah, that's true. That's so true. That's a good point. Yeah. All right. So uh, I have another one here. But uh, is there one that you would want to, you know, our listeners to hear about or is there a favorite uh, – uh, one of the ways that uh, you offend the people. What's the what's? Is there one that jumps yeah, out for you? I think, I think one of those, one of these that I think a lot of churches do is uh, reserved seating. Um, I, I had a very real experience with that uh, when I went to a Wednesday night service. We, my wife and I, we had been going through a lot of very stressful environment. We just moved to a new city, um, and so we wanted to go to a midweek service. You know, our, our the church we were attending didn't have a midweek service, so we, we found one. Uh, it was a bit of a drive. Uh, again, traffic. We were in Dallas at the time. Traffic was atrocious. Uh, so we we uh, uh, we, got, we 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 got to the church a little bit late, and the the, the church service was in full swing, um, and we couldn't find a seat. Like there were there were two of us. They had a lot of the sections roped off because it was a Wednesday night service, and they knew most people, you know, that there would be a lot of empty seats. Uh, so we were looking for a seat, looking for a seat. There were no people helping us find a seat. And then we finally found two seats at the end of a row. Uh, and we approached them. Uh, you know, the, the room was dark, dark, and we approached it. We, we got there, and we saw Save Fort Usher. So we're like, okay, well, those aren't seats available for us. So we looked across the room. You must be busy trying thought, to find me, huh, <laughs> to help me yeah, find yeah. a seat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know what the ushers were doing at the time. But so then we looked across the room, and we, we found two more seats. And we, we walked over there, and... and no, those seats were saved. Uh, and then, of course, you know, you, you had like hundreds of seats in the back and on the sides that were roped off that would have been perfect for us, but we couldn't find seats. Uh, so that's one of those things I think we do in churches where we like, we want people to be close together. We want to, you know, maybe honor ushers or we want to honor the pastor. But consequently, you have guests who can't find seats. And that's a scary thing to be wandering around the service uh, while people are worshiping and everyone's looking at you like, what are they doing? while you're just looking for a seat so you can feel safe, you know? 
Yeah, my my pet peeve along those same lines is is when they have reserved parking for the pastors mm-hmm. and staff. So you yeah, know, I I don't have any problem with reserved parking for first time or guest. I don't have a problem with that necessarily. But when it when you've got reserved parking for the pastors and guests or pastors and staff, I don't know that personally kind of rubs me a little a little wrong. I don't know. Yeah, I mean it'd be right like here. it'd be like having a Starbucks and seeing ten parking spots reserved for CEO, manager, employee <laughs> of the month. Like you're like, well, where are we going to park? Why? Why? The, why? These people are just the service. Why do they get all these? But we do the same thing at church, and not church is a business, but. Uh, there's that same sort of mentality, like, wow, they really only care about themselves here. They don't really care about me. Yeah. I, I, was, I wasn't sure which way you were going to go, because that, that is another one on your list, is the reserved parking. I didn't know if that was reserved mm-hmm. guest parking. I didn't know if you know some people, if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I mean, uh, our church actually is doing it now, and it kind of singles you out. If you park over there, then you've got all these people, you know, a lot of people, I think, may want to hide when they are coming for the first time. Yeah, that's a tough one. I've, I've experienced both sides of that. Um, you know, we were going to a church in Miami, my wife and I, and it was our first time there. And uh, we, again, showed up five minutes late because we couldn't find a place. But lo and behold, there was reserved guest parking available for us, premium spots where the rest of the parking lot was full. Uh, and that actually made me feel really good, really welcome that yeah. they had a spot for me. Um, really, for me, the solution is to have uh, a, a parking team who is on the ball, who just basically shows you where to park, gives you the best parking spot available, uh, makes it where there's no, um, there's no, no fear of finding a place to park. Uh, that, that's for me the ultimate, the ultimate thing. Like you frankly don't need reserved parking whenever you have a parking team who are on the ball and who are getting you a spot as soon as you have it, you know, or who can notice that you have kids and will send you to the parking lot right. as closest to the kids' check-in area or, you know, see that you might be an expectant mother and give you an expectant mother spot that's closer. Uh, that's really, I think, the ultimate, the, the the best way to approach parking. Yeah. So I've got a, a quick uh, thing along those lines as well. I used to attend Chuck Swindoll's church when he was in California, mm-hmm. and one of the they had parking problems galore because this is Southern California, and but they had parking mm-hmm. crews. But one of the problems they had is, you know, the first time I drove up, the guy would um, he'd hold up one finger or two fingers. He'd go one or two, and I'm like. Do I want two spots or what does that mean? Ones? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> what? You know, and it was just a it was a visual signal, and I was I, I was I felt really I was like I don't know I'm having to pull up, and I'm like I don't know what you're talking about, and it was this you know as I came back uh, you know later I learned you know there was an inside code here it was you come into one service or you come into two services meaning you come in oh. Sunday school and the worship service or you just come in for the worship service. And so, because the deal was, they would they would double park you if you were um, coming for both services, but they'd let you. Yeah. So, but I didn't know I didn't know the signal, and it was yeah, it was just kind of a little intimidating. But you know, they were nice. I rolled down the window, and they, I said, uh, "Help me understand." <laughs> so yeah, I mean, a simple sign that the, that the parking lot could have parking lot attendant could have held up saying one service or two indicate with your fingers that yeah. would have solved yeah. that problem. And that's frankly one of the one of the chapters in here is the foreign language. As we do, we often have our own kind of insider language. You know, everyone knows Sister Sue, uh, who who you know hosts the, the the monthly luncheon at her house, but guests don't. And uh, every time you kind of you know, revert to that foreign language and don't explain it for people, uh, people can feel unwelcome. 
Yeah, absolutely. So we're just about out of time here, Jonathan, but uh, uh, I know you and I talked uh, the other day, or I think we emailed each other, and uh, you've got a new, I think you have a new website out, and it's a, a lot about social media, and we just talked to Kenny Jang about social media the other day, but tell us a little bit about uh, what you've got going here as we wrap up. Yeah, man, I'm super excited about this site. It's sundaysocial.tv. Uh, it's basically social media graphics for your church to use every day of the week. Like we post a new graphic every day that you can post to Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, and it actually works for the day. So on a Sunday, there might be a post that really applies to the Sunday, or on, on a Tuesday, it might be like, what was your favorite uh, Bible verse from, from Sunday, or what was your favorite uh, you know, worship song from Sunday? So we create those social media graphics for your church to use to really increase engagement uh, and to just, you know, have something to post, some, some sort of encouraging quote or encouraging thought or some sort of uh, insightful question. And that service is $6 a month, and you get unlimited access to the backlog of content, and you get a new post every day at least, sometimes two or three posts a day uh, when we're feeling particularly crazy. So uh, <laughs> sundaysocial.tv, that's, that's my, new, my new favorite site that I happen to run. Awesome. <laughs> Well, that'll fit in nicely with what Kenny was talking about last week. So we're out of time here. So people can find you by going to jonathanmom.com. That's the Jonathan, J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N-M-A-L-M.com. That's your blog, yeah. right? And, uh, yeah. And, you've, and as I said at the beginning here of our podcast, you've got several other websites. You do writing, you do speaking, you do con- consulting, and uh, it's just a pleasure to have you on. We got we got to have you on again because there's so much stuff. Yeah, for sure. You're you're a great resource for us and churches out there as yeah. well. So, all right, good deal. All right, well, look. So we're out of time, uh, folks. We'd love to get your feedback on this. Do you think Jonathan is just crazy? Uh, well, you can send us an email support at streamingchurch.tv. We'd love to get your feedback on this uh, little thing we talked about today. Uh, Fifty ways churches. Drive away first-time visitors. The book is unwelcomed. It's av- it's available on Amazon, right? Yeah. Okay. Anywhere anywhere else people can get it? Yeah, Amazon, iBooks. Uh, you know, I think on Nit, on Nook. I think those are the main main places you, you probably want to get it. And a, a little plug: I was checking it out on Amazon. You've got a lot of reviews, and they're all really good. So yeah, I was very impressed. Pretty yeah. happy with that. Yeah. yeah. Good deal. <laughs> So let's. We'd love to get your feedback on that stuff, and um, that's it. We're out of time. So thanks for spending a little bit of time with us today on the Church Solutions podcast. Uh, I've been talking to Jonathan. Uh, the guy next to me is Steve Lacey. I'm Phil Thompson. We hope you have a great day. We will catch you next time on another edition of the Church Solutions podcast. <laughs>